Peace, everyone. My name is Jasmine, and today is February the 26th, 2023, and this is my journal entry. I hope all is well to everyone. Of course, of course, you can hear my voice. I have a cold. You know what? My immune system has been under attack since last summer. I can say... No, I take that back. Ever since I had COVID back in August 2021, my immune system has been under attack. I have I don't get sick that often. It has been years. The last time I got sick this often was when my lupus flared. That was 2013. But it's always respiratory. I had COVID in August 2021. Then the following year, I think I got a cold in the winter time for uh, 2022 in July, which was a horrible month. I got COVID, my asthma flared, and I had some type of a respiratory infection. And then <laughs> I had something at the end of the year. And then just three weeks ago, I had another respiratory infection. And here I am again with another cold. So, um, I think I need to follow up with my primary care physician, uh, follow up with my rheumatologist. I haven't seen her in a while. Just make sure all my labs and my numbers are looking good. And then yesterday I went and bought some um, natural herbs and supplements to kind of build up my immune system. Um, Some vitamins I could take and some teas that I could uh, steep daily because I am a tea drinker. Besides that, um, I'm okay. Depression is still kind of wearing on me, but um, I had my highs and my lows. Uh, some point yesterday, I did get, I did feel a little low, but I think it's because I'm sick. And when we don't feel our best physically, of course, it affects us mentally and emotionally. And besides that, I'm all the way down here in Mississippi, which is great. Came down here to watch my son play uh, basketball. He didn't play much because he's it's his first came back off of an injury. But it's always good to see him, see his face and love on him and give him some hugs and kisses. Um, I think I told you guys, you know, I was not the best parent, you know. I, I wasn't. Shit, my mom helped me a lot with my kids, and I took advantage of every moment of that. I was gone a lot. I was running off a lot. You know, so she had to pick up the slack a lot for me. So when they, um, when I finished nursing school and my mom's health began to fade, that's when I started being more active in their lives, which is great for the younger children, but the older children, there's a lot of resistance um, that I have too. And I take it on, I take it on fine because I understand where it comes from. At first I didn't. And I was fighting with them every day. But then after a while, I think I had a conversation with my teacher. I mean, he kind of humbled me. And I just been, you know, taking things a day at a time, trying to keep my words, spend more time with them. And, you know, they're not closed off to spending time with me. Uh, every once in a while, they, they will kind of shoot a little shot or, you know, throw something at you. And it's okay. I'm tough. I've been called worse. But, um... I, I, I've been dedicating <coughs> my time into not only improving myself as a person, but improving myself as a parent, grandparent, you know, friend, 
teacher, mentor, anything of that nature. I believe that if you improve the quality of yourself and the quality of your life, then you'll naturally attract quality people, things, and places into your life. And since I've initiated these changes, which started slowly at first, when I started my spiritual journey, I'm noticing that I am naturally attracting quality people into my life. Um, and I welcome it openly. I wanted to speak a little bit about my oldest son. My oldest son. I got pregnant with him when I was 16. I met his dad when I was 14. Um, we ended up becoming pregnant when I was 16. And <coughs> I gave birth to him at 17. He is... um. He was always a smart kid. The funny thing about him is that his birthday is January 15th. And my mother, who went to school for history, she loved African-American history. She always talked about some of the greats. She was just floored that he shared a birthday with Dr. Martin Luther King. And she used to always say, oh, he's going to be special. He's going to be a great kid. She just kind of instilled that in him. Now, from... um. A very young age, me being a teenager and having Dominic, of course, parenting proved to be too much for me. My mom worked night shift. And when I wasn't at school, he would be with me during the day. And, you know, he started walking at nine months. And when I say that boy was active, he was into He was into everything. <laughs> so what I would do to keep him busy is, in the 1990s, um, and Everyone who was, you know, came up back in that area, you know that the Chicago Bulls was a team. They had won several, several um, championship rings. Michael Jordan was it. And my dad, for those who don't know, a VHS or a VCR, most people that listen to this podcast, I think they know what that is. But he will record the games on a little blank VHS tape. And one day, thought that I had a cartoon on one of the tapes because it wasn't labeled. Dominic was about nine months old. I popped the uh, I popped the the VCR in thinking that it was like his one of his favorite cartoons. Um, which I used to like record little episodes of like I think maybe the Rugrats or one of them. Something like that. One of those little cartoons. And um no, it was Lion King. Lion King was his favorite movie. And it was one of the games. And I noticed that he was screaming and hollering and he just stopped. He'd be about nine months old. So I sat him down in his chair and he watched the game. Now, don't ask me why. In 2000, because he was born in 2000, I still had a VCR and DVDs were probably out. But yes, I had a VCR still. I was a dinosaur. <coughs> and um, he sat there and he watched the whole game. And that's how I would keep him quiet. I'm like, okay, you like sports. I would pop in a Michael Jordan game and, I mean, it's the Chicago Bulls game, and he would watch it. He had an admiration for Michael Jordan. Matter of fact, he had an admiration for Michael Jordan all the way up until LeBron James was up and coming. He, he came up. And once he really uh, 
I think it was LeBron James, and he also loved Allen Iverson. He actually, I think he met Allen Iverson. But um, he would watch the games. I didn't think nothing of it. He was already a smart kid. You know, by the time he was one, you could have a conversation with him. He's just, he's just that intelligent of a kid. By the time, for his first birthday, we had a birthday party at, um, I think it was this, this little kid spot called Chuck E. Cheese in Ohio. And I won him this little red Clifford the Big Red dog ball. And he loved this basketball. And he would sleep with it. And he would take it everywhere he went. He used to want us to play basketball with him. So we would have to hold our hands out in the shape of a hoop, like link them together in the shape of a hoop. And he would shoot the ball. He'll move back and shoot the ball at you. Slap y'all up in the fuck face. Whatever. He would play. Or he would, like, shoot the ball into, like, baskets and trash cans. Interesting backstory. My father, who passed away before I was born, I was told he used to love to do that too. And I was told that my father was an excellent basketball player. My son, Dominic, and my father, from what I was told from people that knew my father coming up, they have so many similarities and so many similar traits. They even look alike. I think the only difference is Dominic might be like a lighter brown skin. And, um, Dominic is more six foot three, six no Dominic's six foot four, six five, somewhere in there, and my father was only five foot nine. Both ex- excellent ball foot players, excelled in academics, all of that. Sometimes I think that my father um chose to come back sooner rather later. Because <coughs> he left so tragically at such a young age. I think he chose to come back or incarnate quickly, just lifetime. And I also say that because Dominic is um, very fatherly to me. And sometimes I argue with him like he is my father, but then I have to forget, like, okay, he's just being a male. But um, after that, that's it. Um, when he was about maybe five or six to get him out of my hair, whatever, my mom couldn't keep him. I tossed him on a basketball team. I didn't go in the damn gym. I walked him to the door. With my car and sat in my car. No, he wasn't five or six. He was younger than that because I was still in nursing school. He might, might have been four. And I was taking the basketball practice. Same thing for the games. I wasn't going to get, yeah, I was a horrible person. I just want to be clear before I tell these stories. I was not a good person. Hell, I'm still working on myself. I'm not going to lie to y'all. Well, I can't lie to my own journal. <laughs> I was terrible. And he would go play. So he played in a few leagues. I ain't, I'd never been to one game. <laughs> when he turned about maybe five or six, I was just maybe finished at nursing school for the first time. <coughs> My mother's health started declining. His grandmother, who also took care of him all the way up to he was 18 months, uh, peace and blessings be upon her. She was wonderful. And she used to let my ass have it all the time, too. But she called me. He was about maybe um, seven or eight by this time. No, I'm getting my timelines mixed up. But one day she called me, and she was like, Jasmine, have you ever been to a game? And I was like, no. Now, before that, um, I had by this time I had met my two youngest kids' dad. And even though I sucked, he spent a lot of time with my kids. That's funny. <laughs> Yo, y'all, I used to trip. He spent a lot of time with my kids. And we both had sons the same age, so he would take the boys to the park. 
And I remember he used to say, Jazz, you know, that boy can play. You know, my excuse was, well, I'm studying for school. I'm studying for school. I always had an excuse. And he was like, Jazz, I think this boy can play. And I'm like, oh, he's five or six. He don't know how to do <clears throat> He don't know how to play. Y'all also wear. So anyway, the boy, my son's great-grandmother called me, and she said, Jasmine, you need to come watch him play. So after hearing this so many times from different people, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to this gym and watch him play. When I tell you I won that game, watch that game, he put up like 30 points. I said, oh, he good, good. <laughs> I'm like, oh, he really good. I mean, I suck so bad. I didn't realize he had a whole cheering section. It was like a group of, of people unrelated to us. I've never seen before. They had posters with his his name on it and picture on it and his little name on there. Yo, DJ, DJ, DJ. He about six. Making three-pointers. Doing odd. He was just super athletic. Um, at One day at a game, I met a referee, and the referee was like, have you ever heard of um, AAU ball? And I said, no. He said, that's more competitive ball. He was like, this is not the league for your son. This is more of a recreation type of ball. He needs more competitive ball. You should put him in AAU ball. Oh, yeah, I got to take a drink. So, me and my, um, my, his stepdad, which would be my younger kids, that we had him a team, and we put both of them on the same team. And that began his basketball playing. By the time he was 10, that's when we met his now mentor. Um, and big shout out to Nigel. I know I probably done gave Nigel a gray hair too over the years, but Nigel has um, stuck beside my son for years. I think he cut us off for about a month. He got sick of me. But like I told you, I was off the chain. <laughs> and even now, my son's 23 years old, playing in school, and Nigel is still with him to this day. I just Nigel's here in Mississippi, too. Um, I seen him at the game yesterday. Well, I always been supportive and I always supported his career. So I'm very thankful. I don't think Dominic would be where he is if it wasn't for people like Nigel, other coaches, um, Fred that kind of got him started, um, Ken. Um, it's so many coaches. And I ain't trying to like add or leave nobody out, but it's so many coaches, but definitely Nigel. My son lived with Nigel for a year. Nigel picked him up and made sure he got the game. Nigel made sure he got out of town. I mean, Nigel became a father figure for years. To this day, people in the AAU circuit thought that Nigel was his father. So I got to see Nigel yesterday, too. <coughs> so my son, <coughs> me and him, we're not as close as I would like to be, but we did sit down and have a very honest conversation. And some of the things he said to me and how he felt, they were very painful to hear. But in my soul, I knew I needed to hear them. So I just started making changes. This change can be hard, like making sure I'm calling him more, asking him to call me more, you know. But he does this thing to where I almost didn't make it down here because we didn't really know what was going on. Because, of course, because we're not close, he don't communicate with me well. And he's like, Mom, you know, I really don't need you. You don't have to come. You know, I'll just see you when I come home. It ain't really mean nothing by it, but it kind of stung. So but I ain't tell him that. I was like, you know what? He done got the boy that made himself so self-sufficient to where he just really felt like my presence is needed. 
you know, and I understand him because, you know, he feels let down by me because there are times where I said I was coming in the past, and I didn't go. But, you know, I made an oath to myself to keep my word. So we hopped in the car and came down anyway. You know, he really didn't know I was here until the morning before of the game. And he called me, he's like, you all right? He always called me when I answered. I'm like, hello, he's like, you good? And I'm like, I'm fine. He's like, how you doing, mom? And I'm like, I'm okay. So um, when we seen him at the game yesterday, and me and um, Angie, the lady I rode with, flagged him down. <coughs> He was so happy to see me. He was so happy to see me. I'm sorry, I'm letting her in. I thought I was letting her in. I'm sorry, y'all, but it's at the door. Um, but um, he was so happy to see her. I mean, he was—you could tell he was happy to see me. I mean, he didn't get all giddy and excited, but it was like a little bitty smile on his. I just felt—he just instantly lit up, and I was like, you know what? You be acting all tough and stuff, but you like your mama boy, shut up. <laughs> but he didn't play much because he's coming off of the off an, off of an injury, so he was pissed because he's like my mom's here. I didn't get to play much, and I'm like, I'm just happy to see your face. So I'm gonna take him out to eat, and then we're gonna drive <coughs> this twelve hours back. Um, to um, Cincinnati, which I'm not looking forward to. <clears throat> I hope y'all can still hear me. My voice is leaving me. <clears throat> so that's my entry for today. I just wanted to talk a little bit about DJ, my oldest son. <clears throat> I guess my message is, are there any relationships in your life that you can work on repairing? If so, how can you repair them? Because tomorrow isn't promised, y'all. You know, I can die today. I could die in five minutes, you know, and I don't want to leave this existence knowing that I left strain with my children or anyone else that, you know, have been close to me all my life. So I'm in a position to where I would like to make peace with my loved ones and make peace with those who have been supportive of me through my ups and downs and my crazy years and everything else. But there are people in my life who I feel have, um, you know, I'm making peace with people I have wronged. There are people in my life that I feel have hurt me very deeply and I need to make peace with them, you know, because Whenever you hold or harbor things towards people, that's an attachment you form and you carry that with you. So the best thing for you to do is to, number one, try not to, to accumulate the attachment at all, which is easier for some than for others. But for two, to learn how to be fluent with making peace with things. When things don't turn out the way you want them to turn out, when things don't go the way you want them to go, um, when your heart is broken or when somebody um, that you trust hurts you or breaks your heart, especially for people out there that have parents. I know I felt betrayed by parents. I was lucky enough because my mother, we sat down and we made peace with each other because I've done hurtful things to her too. We made peace with each other before she passed away. 
So if you can, try to make peace. Um, and, you know, be mindful of your attachments. Because we take those with us. <clears throat> That's been said by several authors that study in between lives. Um, like, um, <coughs> oh, shoot. Dolores Cannon, Brian Weiss, Michael Newton, you know, and various others. That, you know, these attachments can, can bind you here. Um, I send you all with love. <clears throat> I hope you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. I have a lot of friends that are Pisces, and for some reason, all their birthdays are like the very last week of February. As a matter of fact, I had three on the 25th. It's just it's so many. So happy birthday to all my Pisces, all my folks. Happy birthday to y'all. I send y'all love, and I hope y'all enjoy y'all um, birthdays. Peace.